You're listening to Meanwhile, episode 20. In this episode, Michael and I discuss those long-term goals that for one reason or another, we struggle to fully complete. Whether that's a goal to write a book or to do a task that's been melting in our email inbox for months, or a goal to learn a new skill or to change something important in one of our relationships. Most of us know that feeling of having something that we say is important, but that's actually putting a drag on our energy and taking up important mental bandwidth as we struggle to complete it. Over the course of our conversation, Michael and I come clean about some of those goals for us, And we talk about how to free ourselves up by exploring how we can either double down on making the progress we most want, or we can cut the thing out entirely. Let's get started. Hello, 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 world. Hello. Hello, dedicated listeners. This is your peripatetic podcast team. Michael Melcher here in the East Coast, and somewhere westward is Michael Terrell. I'd be out here, San Francisco. It is both sunny and quite smoggy. You've probably heard about the forest fires we've got going on in wine country, so it's kind of brutal. Yes, I hear you have a red sun in the middle of the day. We do. We do. It's really bizarre, kind of cool. Feeling for all those people up north. So Cool yet apocalyptic. Apocalyptic, as I like Apocalyptic. Okay, so we're just going to tell you the title of today's podcast. Because it's special episode 20, we're excited to be here and we plan to do many more. And uh, it kind of relates to this because the episode's called Long-Term Goals, Love Them or Dump Them. And for me, anyway, having a podcast was kind of a long-term goal. So I'm glad that I did not dump it uh, and instead loved it. But does that apply to everything? So I'm going to start with actually a Facebook post that I put up a few weeks ago. Please do. The Facebook post is as followed. Michael Melcher, September 28th at 12.22 p.m. EST. I am giving myself until the end of November to finish this book. If I don't do it, I'm going to declare it dead and also remove the and writer title from my LinkedIn profile, as in executive coach and writer. I'm disgusted both by my lack of progress as well as by my continuing attachment to this. Either write it or forget it. Uh, Pretty stern words done intentionally. Um, I have done this before when I want to do something to basically publicly announce it, although usually not in such a self-shaming way, but um, I really felt that I need to get on this book. And so I'm actually not going to go into too much detail about my book because there's so many millions of listeners that I got some <laughs> secrets. But Don't we, can ruin say, it. we can say it's a career-related book that um, I've thought about for many years and many people have encouraged me to write. Now, what was interesting was how many comments I got back from this, including some of of the emoticons. I got three wow emoticons and a little one crying emoticon from my former college roommate's ex-girlfriend, as well as lots of thumbs up, which I'm not sure how to absorb those. We need to install a side note next episode, analytics for Facebook emoticons. (laughs) Yes. So comments. Richard Salazar, Valencia High School, Wrote, procrastination happens to the best of us. Perfectionism is a killer. Dreams and progress. Fake it till you make it. Cecilia Garcia Robles V in Mexico City says, Vamos, Michael, tu puedes. Un abrazo. Um, a hug for a non-Spanish speaker. Alexis Garrett Stodgill, a writer who lives in New York, who I met at Joe the Art of Coffee years ago. You can do it. A few suggestions. Cheryl Corcoran, college classmate who is a psychologist or psychiatrist, says, disgust doesn't motivate me, et cetera, et cetera. Marcella Simon from my foreign service days, says, you are a writer. Jennifer Wheeler, from Valencia High School, 
You're, everyone, you're getting my entire life map here. This is, I'm sending this is you, these are your high school classmates? Is that, is no, that the lunch this is the second one. Yeah. I'm sending <laughs> you positive energy for your task. And then a suggestion. Let's see. Tara Winston, fellow coach, you got this. Yay, cheerleading. <laughs> CTI cheerleader there. Um, Leticia Miranda, former business partner. Si se puede. Never delete writer from your bio. And skipping on down, lots of nice, loving thoughts. In fact, I, I almost feel like having more self-shaming posts because I got a lot of great feedback. <laughs> what a Michael way to Dolan, up. <laughs> Michael Dolan, a coach uh, on the West Coast um, with us, said, be kind with yourself and renegotiate with yourself. You are caught in a drama triangle with yourself. And I can, dun, dun, I dun. can uh, go into that later. Anyhow, oh, also writing a book after twins is very hard, says fellow twins holder, I believe, from Chicago. Well, I have a pretty badass, cool network all around the globe from many things. But anyway, that's our topic. It came out of the woodwork to support this long-term goal and whether or not you should love it and get on get on the horse with it here by the end of November or you're going to dump it. So what, did, uh, what was the net effect of having kind of put that out there in terms of what you've decided around keeping this goal? Michael, where are you at with it? I would say I'm still going to stick with my Facebook posts and I have doubled down in really cranking this stuff out for the next two months. And I'm kind of aware both of the have self-compassion aspect of the messages as well as just kind of get it done. But the reason I put this up here is that we have lots of goals. We have lots of to-dos in this country anyway. Most people I know have an endless an ever-evolving list of to-dos, and they could be short ones like respond to this email to longer-term ones like lose 20 pounds and do hot yoga. And I have to say that I believe that most of us lose a lot of life force doing this. I think we feel inadequate, we make ourselves unhappy, we don't necessarily even make progress, and wouldn't it be better to just forget about a lot of these things? Mm. Um, And yet sometimes we can't forget about them. So the question is, how do we know whether something we've been carrying around um, and want to work on that we haven't yet done is in the category of, yes, finish it, or no, free yourself, because there's a lot more in life than that dumb goal. So that's today's task. Yeah. You know, my experience is I often with these the the goals that are more long term and feel big and weighty is they legitimately feel weighty sort of like a a ball and chain i'm dragging along and like you said you know we add more and more to our lists as we go and it's sort of like that big task which is like redo my website let's say or finally get the website done for this amazing podcast meanwhile Start yeah, I was going to gonna check in with you on that. <laughs> we've delegated. We've delegated that to you. We have um, delegated that to me, and I'm I'm going to short answer. To, it's not done yet. <laughs> it's not done yet. I'm getting ready ready to delegate it to somebody else. You know, these things start to uh, you know really weigh on us. And like you just said, is there something we can do to like re-embrace that thing and actually move it forward, or does it make sense to just cut cut bait and free ourselves? Um, and so, how do we make that decision? How Michael with the book? Did you come to decide? It sounds like you're going to try to like really lean into it and love it for the next two months. And then if that doesn't happen in the way that you most hope, you're going to dump it. How did you make that decision? I don't know. I think it's a it's a gut thing. I think it's more that I'm not ready to dump it. Um, and therefore, I'm doubling down. And, and it seemed like there was something, though, that where you were also dissatisfied with continuing to just sort of drag it along and trudge. 
Like, did you yeah. have a moment? Like, take us into that moment. Was there a moment where you're like, "F this, I'm gonna like put, I'm gonna put this post out there." What? How did that happen? Uh, just looking around for different ways to kind of move the needle a bit. So sometimes we can achieve things through pure effort, and sometimes by making slight changes in our environment or the way we're framing things, we can we can unleash some stuff. So for example. Um, I am recording this from a place called Click Workspace in Northampton, Massachusetts, because I put my kids in Montessori this fall up here mm-hmm. as a kind of experiment to try to glamorously live both in the country and the city. And I drop them off every day at nine and pick them up at around two forty-five. I actually do have a contained, quiet place where I can write much more easily than I could in my apartment in New York or various offices or elsewhere. So that's helped. It hasn't been enough, but. Yeah, it's no more than I'm not quite ready. And the real question is, will I honor my drop-dead date um, if I don't do it? Or maybe I will will do it. There are a lot of reasons why to do goals that you've set, why you've carried them around, um, maybe a sign that it's, it's the right thing to do. So the first thing I'll say is that often goals that stick with us are part of our personal values. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want to lose 30 pounds and get fit. Um now, for some people, that might be because we live in a body-obsessed society and everyone's supposed to be skinny. But it could also be that you really do have a personal goal, of uh, a personal value, rather, of health and fitness and being able to use your body and enjoying it and, and doing things. And even if you go decades without doing it, it could be a very deep value that's important to me. I think there's something about creativity in the written word that does relate on that, on that level. Hmm. So it's a kind of personal value. Yeah, and I think that this can be a kind of dull, a dull ache, <laughs> or it could be a sudden, quick revelation. So, my friend Gretchen Rubin, um, happiness habits and personality tendencies expert, uh, used to be a lawyer and did really well. She was clerking for the Supreme Court, but decided she wanted to be a writer. And as she related in her podcast, Happier, that. Uh, Back in the day when she was reading her alumni magazine about what various people who went to Yale Law School did with her, she's like, oh, this person's doing that, and that person's doing that, and oh, that's kind of interesting, and oh, I wouldn't do that, but that's kind of cool, um, looking at their various post-graduation pursuits. And then she said when she would read, I think, more people from college, the reports of people who had become writers, she said, I felt sick. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yes, because it was a real revelation. I mean, if you feel sick with desire or envy or whatever, I think it's a sign that there's something pretty important in that for you. Whereas if Ah. it's more like a passing interest or passing judgment or whatever, it doesn't grab you. Um, Sick with envy, not sick with disgust. mm, I think it was more like just sick, a kind of quavering, there's something very powerful here that Uh that i got to pay attention to. Uh And that's what makes these long-term goals so difficult. Right when it, there actually is something in us, a value, something that is so important to us, we actually get you know have a physical response to it when we see it. It what makes it hard to potentially dump them, dump these goals to finish my book, or to finish rebranding my website, or to um, finish reading that book that's been you know that eight hundred page book on a new coaching methodology or on management that is just wilting away on my bedside table. I haven't read it yet. I'll tell you one thing. Any 800-page book on management or leadership is not worth reading and should only have been about 130 pages. <laughs> well, just an aside. Noted. Noted. 
<laughs> I'll have to let this author know. I also think that um, for some long-term goals, we pursue them because a lot of people are telling us to do them. So that could, I mean, that's the case with this book. Lots of people said, you got to write this book. You got to write this book. It's kind of encouraging. And people might say, oh, you should have kids. You should have kids. Or you should move to Boulder, Colorado and be a ski instructor. They right. might be right. They, you know, sometimes people can see us better that we can see ourselves. They can actually see what we bring to the table and they can encourage it and they kind of want to bring it out. So those could all be signs that these goals are important to do. Yeah. One of the other places that I see these things accumulate for myself, and I'm guessing I'm not the only one, is these you know, long-term goals or these important things to get to on my list. I'm doing air quotes right now for anyone who could actually see me. They actually exist in my email inbox so I know it's always risky to turn one's email inbox into their to-do list, but there are some things in my current email inbox. I believe that's like the number one thing to tell you in time, ma- like time management gurus is don't let your email inbox be your to-do list. That, it, it, so I, you know, I, I sort of <laughs> succeed, but I sort of fail simultaneously because there are a few things in my inbox as we were preparing for this episode. I went and looked in there. I was like, I bet I have a few things that I would put in that like long-term goal or long-term to-do category that I'm not doing. And instead, I'm just kind of lugging around in the basement of my email inbox. So one, October 17th, 2015, almost two years from t- two years ago today, it, the, the subject is personal development classics book summaries. And this is from a college friend of mine. And I've got... It's like 20 different PDFs that summarize in 10 pages or less some of these classics in the space, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Built That's to Last. Yep. Collins. Plug. Yep. You got it. If I ever needed to have you as a phone <laughs> a friend on, you know, a game show for this category. I, I haven't read it. I haven't read those three books, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. We all but, know uh, But them. of course, I should have read Lencioni. I mean, that's a classic. I don't know what Shouldn't we all have? We're you know, frauds. Is, don't is hire it? us. It's all a charade. And that's just the thing. You know, as we look at these books, you and I both are familiar with them. And I think the thing for me, when we look at this as like a long-term goal, and the reason it's stuck around in my inbox, is that there's this sense I have that, oh, these are really important. I should big old should word, I should really, you know, get to these and understand them and be able to speak to them uh, confidently. And that's the way a lot of these long-term goals are that sort of linger on our list, right? This sense of, ah, this really should be done. And yet I'm not making any progress. Again, I'm sort of dragging it around. Right. Well, let's talk about maybe why we shouldn't drag them around or not do them. Yeah. Uh, first thing I'll start with is Occam's razor, which is, as I understand it, well, what's the most obvious truth here? Uh, the most obvious truth is you don't really want to read those books and you're not going to, period. <laughs> right. So don't do them. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's such, even as you said that, I noticed there's this little, there's a little piece of me that wilted. You know, it's that piece that's like, oh, really? You know, letting that go is actually kind of hard. And it's so, it's like, oh, that's real for me. And that's what happens to a, to a lot of us. Because I think what I realize is it's not just about the books, right? It's not just about like, can I give a concise summary of Built to Last by Collins? It's, it's more about like, what does that represent for me? Well, it's part of your identity, I think. Yeah. That part yeah. of your identity is I'm a, 
an expert in this field or I'm very thoughtful and I'm really interested in this or I, I'm using yeah. best practices. I'm not just making this up out of thin air. Totally. Um, totally. And that kind of person would presumably either have read all those books, critique them, absorb them to the extent necessary. And yeah. uh, as opposed to kind of being aware of them. Yeah. Right. It's sort of this, if we really dig down, there's like some sort of underlying assumption and that's that like to be really expert as a coach or as what at what i do i need to be fluent in the classics in the field yeah all of them well it right? could also be that you think you'd really like those books and they might really be attractive to you and appealing to read i just walked by a used bookstore a couple of days ago and i saw a copy of a book by edward said called uh, orientalism which, as I understand it, was a path-breaking book when it came out. It was basically about how the Western mind um, observes the Middle East. And he was huh. a Palestinian professor at Columbia University for many years, kind of a giant in the field. And it feels like the kind of book that I should have read when I was 21, and that if I did read it, it would give me a much more nuanced view of things as well as a certain building block in, in modern history. And I haven't read it. Um mm but I think I'm the kind of person who should read it. And yet I kind of knew, I don't think I'm really going to go get that book and put it on my pile of also unread books. So there can be yeah. an identity thing that I want to be totally. this type of person. Totally. And and that makes it, you know, that makes it harder to, to let go of and say no to. Right? Yeah. As you even just suggested that, like let's, let's name the obvious. It's been in your inbox for two years. It doesn't seem like it's all that important for you to get to it. So just delete it. Ah, right. Right. And if you, answer if she did well i have this feeling i have this feeling of loss then we could ask the dr phil question which is well how's that working for you <laughs> you know right. so every day you see this you have this vague sense of not having read these classics and yet you don't really want to get up and you just continue in that limbo for two yeah. years now so yeah. how many more years do you plan to continue in that limbo all right so that's one way of looking at it um another similar thought is what do people who want your goal do in other words, what do similarly situated people do? Mm. Well, you know what people who want to write books do? What do they do, Michael? They, they write books. <laughs> That's what writers <laughs> they, do. Writers they, are people who write. They're not people who call themselves writers. They're not people who have ideas. They're not people who have like, you know, cool thoughts. They're people who do the shit work of crunching out drafts um, mm -hmm. and laboring over them and trying to get them published in some way. So... If you are not doing those things, you might also ask yourself, am I really going to do it? Similarly to um, what do middle-aged people who look really great and are kind of ripped um, and are healthy do? They have salads. Uh, they don't eat a lot of carbs. They make time for workouts. <clears throat> they don't mm -hmm. decide right before a podcast to go and have a turkey <laughs> burger, but then decide to have the bun instead of the English muffin and also have fries on the side. And then <laughs> is this, somehow is this a close to home story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't do that. They have kale salad with dressing on the side and like chicken kebab or <laughs> vegan. They have like, you know, seitan on a stick. Uh, uh. So that's, you know, if, if you are not doing the things that people who share your goal do, then mm -hmm. maybe that's not really your goal. Um, right. And frankly, I've seen this a lot in the coaching world. So, as somewhat of an eminence grease in the field, people you know come to me and ask me for advice about coaching, et cetera. And what's interesting is how many newly graduated coaches don't actually do very much coaching. 
um, mm. nor do they have coaches themselves. So they're kind of want to be in this field, but somehow without really doing the grunt work of developing themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, your, your point about maybe that's not really your goal, I think is, is such a subtle but important one. Um, because I often find that if there's something on my list, whether it's these book summaries or it's to you know lose weight or whatever it is, like there's something I'm saying that I want ostensibly, but I'm not taking any of these actions that would support it. If I actually did an inventory of my life, it's like, well, you're eating the turkey burger with fries. Like, either is there some other goal you really have, um, or is there a competing goal that I'm actually not aware of? Right? It's that I have a if I'm eating the turkey burger, I have a I have a goal to actually um, eat delicious food. And so there's like some sort of irreconcilability in these two goals, and I haven't actually thought through what that is yet. Right? Can I actually like find a way to do both of those things? So you are going to immunity to change territory, which is yes. that you can have yes. a perfectly good goal, yet you might have underlying competing commitments that are getting in the way of that goal and neutralizing right. it or crowding it out. And you're not aware of those. And until you figure out what those competing commitments are, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, it's hard to drive down the road when you have one foot on the gas and the other one slamming on the brake at the same time. Right. So let's look at a common example. One of the biggest goals that many people say they want is to get married or have some type of long-term relationship. Uh, most people at a certain point of their life or more than once will say, this is definitely something I want. I want it so much. I have so much love to give. You know, I just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and yet they don't do it. Um, and, you know, they might admit that they're not going after it. They may choose to interpret it. There aren't any good, you know, men out there or women or gender non-binary people. Um, uh-huh. But you dig deeper and maybe there's actually a commitment to not being controlled by anyone or a competing commitment to keeping your options open or a competing commitment to um, having tons of time to pursue other passions or even a competing commitment to just feeling lonely and terrible about yourself. You know, you could have that commitment as well. And so unless you kind of dig in and find out what these other things are going on, you're going to be semi pursuing a goal, but not in any way that's actually going to get anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think you know if I look at this through the lens of even these you know silly book summaries that I'm not getting to, you know, I may have this desire to want to read these books. I also have a commitment to doing uh, actionable revenue generating work. I have a commitment to doing work that's in dialogue with people and feels like it's actually moving the ball forward for other people. And so I have these things that sort of. As I look at it day to day, I could spend my time reading these summaries, or I could spend my time. Uh, generating new clients, having client conversations, I choose the latter every time. And, you know, for me to actually be able to look at that in really clear terms and say, and am I okay with that decision? Does it actually, given that that really my goal is to help people and to grow and continue to build a healthy business, is it okay to just delete or dump these, this other long-term goal, uh, knowing that if it ever, if my priorities shift at some point or it becomes imminently important, I can come back to it. I could re-engage. I can go in my archive, <laughs> my trash in Gmail and find it, right? If that really is what it came down to. And that actually makes me feel, and just going through this live with you right now on this cast, that actually makes me feel uh, a lot calmer. And in fact, 
for those of you who can't see my computer screen, I think I'm Are you deleting it right now? I'm going to go ahead and hit archive. Why don't you hit delete? Now. What's the difference? Delete goes away forever. Ooh, ooh, the stakes just raised. All right, I have to go into my archive and get that now. Anyways, point is, I am deleting this. Sort of. It is gone. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so going to go get it. That yeah. was a good clarification that that you realize that there's something else that's taking your time that's more valuable than this thing, even though if that thing is somewhat valuable. So yeah. I think that's that's one key thing. You know, we will tend to have more things on our list that we can really get to. And to make them compete with one another is a good way to um, choose the right ones and get rid of the ones that are not really right. Um, yeah. I think something related to that that's fairly simple to think about but important is just figuring out how much time you have and what planning is required. Um, so for any particular goal, um, it will, you know, there's some logistics involved. If you want to work out, you got to walk or take the subway or drive to the gym. You have to change. You have to do your workout. You have to come back out. If you want to read the books, you have to read them, summarize them, do whatever you're going to do. Uh, and writing a book is the same. It's not just sit down and genius pours out. It's You need a fairly uh, big basket of hours to go after it. And it might be writing, it might be research, it might be editing, it might be connecting with publishers or agents. But there's a lot there. And I think that you know goals will often come to us as, yes, I should do this cool thing. Um, I should go to Turkey. I should learn German. I should... Uh, get married, I should um, have kids, I should run for public office. Uh, but without actually making a fairly detailed list of what would be involved in terms of time, energy, mm-hmm. expense, what have you. And mm-hmm. and this isn't to scare you away from the goal, it's just to get a bit more real about what's involved. And then doing a realistic comparison between that and what else is going on in your life and how much time you have. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough time, then what are you going to cut out to allow space for that? And I think when you start that cutting out process, it's where you really will start feeling the the dueling um, shoulds yeah. underneath. Yeah, the dueling commitments, for sure. Well, have you, in, you know, in this trying to bring the book to life time, have you confronted any of that? Is there anything you've sort of looked at really starkly and said, you know what, I'm going to have to start n- saying no to this other stuff in order to actually give myself a chance to produce this book by November? Yes. Um, two things. One, I have to make myself less available to clients and that both includes which clients I take on um, and how easy I make it to schedule with me. Mm-hmm. And two, I realize I have to reduce my social obligations and connections mm. Which isn't just, you know, not having dinner or scheduling things. It's more like not even responding as quickly to friends' um, emails on the rare times when I get them. I feel like I don't get very many emails from friends, by the way. Well, you're a Facebook. Your community, is, your, your, your community is in the Facebook realm. We've already established this, right? From that's high school. Really, that's like face. the most insulting thing you've ever said to me, <laughs> Michael oh, no. Terrell. I'm not, Jab, I'm not a millennial. Hook. I'm not one of you. I'm left hook. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but be one of us. Be with me, us. Come on. Let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> Do tell, Michael. I'm involved in a special secret project, which yes. heretofore I've told no one, but I will now announce it to the universe. Which is, 
I am sending out a shitload of holiday slash Christmas cards this year. They're going to go into the mail the day after Thanksgiving. Really? And they will number at least 200. And furthermore... And furthermore... Okay, I don't know if your head can even accept this. It might explode. These are not friggin' e-greetings. No, These are not fancy as hell. shitty ass uh, photo <laughs> merges with some strip of my kids and some lame <laughs> mass-produced greeting that goes out through some service. These are real cards <laughs> where I've written personalized messages oh on each one. And not just, have a great holiday season, <laughs> but personally meaningful things. Um, in some cases, several paragraphs. And signed. There's real DNA on each one of these cards. You put a little bit of blood. And I on may each one. even, nice. I, I may even add things later to the envelopes since they're in real envelopes. They're not just friggin' postcards or those <laughs> really horrible cheap ass photo strips that are just postcards. Yeah, yeah. And I've been doing this. I started in July. <laughs> what? Yeah, because I like sending Christmas cards. I like writing letters. Yeah, take that, millennials. I write real letters. I put stamps on them and I write them by hand. So there. Um, well, it yeah, sounds... I like doing it every year. Hold on. <laughs> I but, can't get in here. But I, you can't get in there because I'm riffing. I'm, You're I'm, riffing. I'm riff, baby riff boomer, on. Gen X riffer. Get off Put me my in my place. Lawn. Put me get in my place. Get off my lawn, you damn kids. So um, I like sending out cards, but I hate doing it under pressure. And I hate the days ticking by in early December. I think I got to do it today. I got to do it today because I don't want to be the lame ass who sends them out on like December 23rd. Right. Um, but I guess we can call that a long-term goal that, I'm, that I created resources for. Um, here, you tell me how that ties brilliantly to everything we've said so far. Yeah. Well, I, uh, before I tie it in you know, brilliantly, <laughs> I want to say, one, anybody who's sending Michael Melcher a holiday card, be sure to not do it on you know basic postcard material because you will be judged. Two... <laughs> That means I can't send you my holiday card. So I will just send you a text with love and maybe like a link to a funny Jingle Bells, you know, uh, YouTube video. And you can and, send me a fun, like a, a, like a hijab emoticon, which I hear they have now. Or, yeah. Or yeah. a yoga emoti, uh, sorry, emoji. I, yes. Yeah. I, an emoji. I always forget that's what they're called now. Yeah. Or a bitmoji if I'm going to get really millennial about I it. I don't well, even. Yeah. I'll really, tell you about that. Th- later. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, so the world is warned. This man has standards for cards. Watch out. Two, uh, well, as, as you were talking about it, it was like so clearly an example of a long-term goal that you, to that was important. A lot of Christmas cards. That was important to you and to <laughs> do it right. Is. And you, yeah, I mean, you sort right, of, man. and you, and you enacted this, this idea, which is like, I want to do this thing. How do I carve out enough time? to do it right to where I'm not just under the gun or I end up not doing it and then feeling like crap about myself. And so you've been methodically carving out time since, you know, everyone was barbecuing on the 4th of July to do your <laughs> Well, cards. here's the interesting thing. It's actually um, coincided with another long-term goal of mine, which was to wake up earlier, hmm. which um, seems like a pretty, you know, is that really a long-term goal? Well, I would say for 15 years, I wanted to wake up earlier. I'm kind of like a morning person who just doesn't get up early in the morning. And then somehow I had this shift where um, essentially I started taking care of my own children more than through hiring. And having people help you. Help, yeah. <laughs> so that means that I got to get up at like 5.30 to get it all going. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go to bed by like 9.30, 9.45 
later. And I also can't really drink wine or anything as mm. a result. Um, cause it's so physically exhausting that the whole system will break down. Yeah. So boom, all those things were like taken care of with one thing. And then I thought, what do I do in the morning when it's all dark outside and all I have is my 35 minutes of private daddy time and my blue light therapy device. Oh, I can write Christmas cards, <laughs> which I do. And it's awesome. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, virtuous so, cycle. It's use that. Space for a lot use of that world. Just everybody use that for what you what you will. Yeah. So maybe that will inspire <laughs> folks to uh, you know get an earlier jump on their holiday cards. What should we leave our our fearless listeners with today that they can actually apply to their current long term goals and and you know constantly expanding to do lists to either embrace those things that are that are lagging or to just dump them. Well, I have three potential solutions. So maybe. I'll describe them, and then our listeners can decide which of those they want to do. And you can decide which one you want to do, Michael T., for all your many long-term goals. <laughs> because you just mentioned one flagged email. I feel like there are probably many more in your inbox. There are a few more. All right. Number one is like a simple coaching-type goal, and it is, could I make a substitution? Hmm. Is there something I could substitute for this goal that would be easier? So what if I just read the summaries of these books and didn't actually read the books? What if I picked one that was relevant to one of my current clients and read that summary, you know, to really make yeah. it bite-sized and more, more in line with what I say my goal really is, which is to be helpful and to grow my practice? Yeah. Or what if you just asked another coach, hey, tell me what are Covey's seven principles of highly effective people so I don't have to read the book? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you and I are going around all day long telling people about immunity to change and they're saving like $15,000 and a really, really dense read um, mm. and they get mm. it for free. Okay, that's number one. Could I make a substitution? Number two, double down. Double down. This is what my client calls the advice from Justin, the prison nurse, who <laughs> told him that whenever you're dealing with any weird issue like, oh, my girlfriend and I are having lots of issues and I'm not sure... Um, should we really continue? You'd say double down, move in together. Really? Because then you'll really know. Because hmm. it'll either be good or it'll be really terrible. So but either way, you'll get out of this this y- middle ground. Yes, it's a middle ground. Yeah, it's a middle ground that sucks the life out of us. Yeah, your Facebook post was you doubling down. Let's go. Yeah, and then the third one I'm borrowing from Gretchen Rubin with a slight modification is it's put yourself in prison. So have one week of prison where you are only allowed to do that thing that you claim is your long-term goal. Um, So it could be a week just writing, or you could make a modification. You could say during pain week or toxicity week or brutality week, Mm. every night for one hour, I will work on this goal, whether Mm. it's uh, cardio or, you know, learning plumbing or um, some type of self-flagellation, whatever. Uh, But, just put in your calendar, and no matter how it feels, you do it. Um, which actually brings me to a final point I want to make, that I think one of the misconceptions about goals is that your goals, if they're true, should feel good while you're mm. doing them. Mm. But I don't think that's true, because I think a lot of what is worth going after in life is really hard and painful and involves some real growth discomfort. So just paying attention to what feels good is, I think, a misnomer. And sometimes you need to feel kind of bad in order to feel long-term good. That's why you need pain week. 
<laughs> Self-hazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are you going to do, Michael Terrell, to model good progress in this area? Well, you know, I, 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 by deleting my email live on the air, you know, I always already feel like I'm a step down the road. So I have to say that that feels good. You know, I think before you deleted Snapchat, didn't you? I've deleted really, Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. One of those. One of those Gram Snap. Things. Yeah. Well, as, we, as listeners know, one of my goals for the year is around boundaries and saying no. So this, this, these, some of these things, this idea of dumping the long-term goals that we just decide, while important in some ways, aren't that important, is super in line with what the muscle I'm trying to build. And is we could is have cool. a whole episode where you simply go through your inbox flagged emails <laughs> and we can like delete them. It'd be like inbox story hour with yeah. Michael Carroll and Michael Melcher. <laughs> Inside the inbox. Inside the, the inbox. I like it. I like Inside it. Inside the millennial inbox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, take a look at one thing I can double down on that's been on my list for a long period of time. Um, I think it's actually going to be this website that I'm working on, not for the podcast, though I will continue to move that forward. I'm delegating that, but uh, this other website. And then I'm going to look for one thing that I can just, additional thing I can just delete and just cross off and, and let it go because it's obviously not as important as maybe my brain would trick me into thinking it is. And uh, someone as a surprise to me, I'm going to stay in prison. And um, since prisoners don't get to go out and see friends, I'm going to really cut down or eliminate totally my social engagements for the next few weeks, which sounds unpleasant, but I'm kind of excited by how unpleasant that will be because I'm ready to get out of this in-between limbo place. Awesome. Can't wait to see what we both find. Good being with you, my friend. And you know, some people in prison work out all the time and when they come out, they look great. You can so be jacked. Be Kale. Yeah, I'm going to be jacked. I'm going to be jacked. Kale jacked. with some chicken and jacked. It's going to be great. <laughs> I don't even understand that. Um, but I'm going to decode it later. Okay. Uh, talk to you later. See you, man.